Flipsters, Flipsters, and Finger Poppin Daddies. Knock me your lobes. Greetings, dear listener, and welcome once again to Casino Meister's podcast that hits the airways not often enough. (laughs) It's been a while since my last one, which was September 2019, but even though it's been a while, September's podcast is still pertinent and really quite interesting, where I discuss the gambler of the future and their habits now. Actually, it's the habits of Generation Z, or Z, and maybe that's you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but today I'm going to play catch up and answer some of your questions you sent about me, or about Casino Meister, or anything for that matter. Like, how far away is Saturn from us? Or other mind-blowing gems. But, um... Uh, now, first off, I've been asked some questions about living life in COVID restrictions and lockdowns and about traveling during these times, safely, of course. Um, I have been more or less isolated pretty much the entire year since last spring, really. And what makes my life a bit complicated is that my, my partner lives in the UK and I am either here in Germany or at my ranch in the States or with her there. So it has been, it's, it's pretty much sucked for us since traveling to the UK is either totally restricted or somewhat restricted. And then when I arrive there, I have to quarantine for 10 days before we can beat up and there's a COVID test and all that crap. But we do what we can to stay as safe as possible. Being a U.S. citizen living in Europe and having property in the States that I've been working on, some construction projects and all that stuff, I've flown long haul three times since the travel restrictions have been in place. And I'd have to tell you, these are the best flights (laughs) I've ever been on, ever. Uh, The the flights are like two-thirds empty, no waiting, no crowds, no stress you know, really at all, you know, sure you have to wear your mask for 12 hours straight and that's in the aircraft, not including the time you need to wear it in the departing airport and during arrival. So you're wearing that mask for like, what, 16 hours, maybe 18 hours, you know, whatever. It's a long time, but you know, no worries about that, you know, on the airplane. Uh, What you do on the aircraft is wear proper headphones. You know, not the earbuds, you know, but the old-timey ones that cover your ears. Just slip the ear, ear straps over the headphone speakers, and there you go. No wear and tear in the back of the ears. You know, those straps can get really uncomfortable after a few hours, like the straps are cutting into the back of your ears. So, yeah, bring proper headphones. And, um, really, the lack of stress is apparent with the flight attendants. They are super chilled out. And even if you know, you're know you on coach, they treat you like you're in business. Um, I normally fly um, Lufthansa, 
And these long haul flights have been amazing. You know, flight coach and yeah, good chance you'll have a row to yourself. In fact, I think now they, they allow you to purchase the, the two seats next to you or something uh, for a nominal fee uh, to guarantee that you have a row to yourself. Um, but I, I've been flying economy plus, so I have at least some guaranteed distance from the person next to me. But so far, uh, no one's been there. But uh, the, the best is debarking the aircraft. You know, I, I loathe when the aircraft comes to a halt, every Joe jumps up, including myself, <laughs> and you're all mashed in the aisle, grabbing your bag, stowed in the overhead compartments. Well, these, you know, those days are over, folks. Thank God. Uh, you debark by row number. So that's, that's easy peasy. And before COVID, I additionally loathed going through passport control at LAX. Uh, there were the loud mouth TSA crowd control shouting at folks, you know, which lines to get in. And this is only in the States. I have traveled the world, you know, each continent but Africa, and I've never been to the Antarctic. <laughs> and never been to Australia either. But anyway, uh, it's only in the States where you have TSA folks shouting around. You know, it's, it's so unnecessary. And I've always wondered why in the U.S. these folks thinks, you know, why they think it's necessary. Are they doing it to appease their egos or act like a badass or something, you know, shouting around? I don't know. But now there's no folks to shout at. <laughs> Yeah, just imagine, you know, just imagine LAX passport control, virtually empty, maybe five people there. You stroll on up, you go through the numbers, and then head for your bags and the baggage. That's another thing. For me, LAX was horrible in the baggage pickup. On average, you'd wait, what, like 45 minutes, you know, or so for your bags, maybe longer. Now it's like five minutes, you know, if that. Sometimes the bags are waiting for you. I, I think the first flight I took over there, that was in June, I think. My bags are waiting for me. I had gone through passport control like in, like in two minutes they were there. It was amazing. All right. And uh, remember the crowd, you know, the crowds of folks waiting in the terminal to pick up the arriving passengers? Well, they're gone now since hardly anyone is flying. You come out of the terminal and it's like a ghost town. So... That is what it's like flying now, long haul at least. Anyway, <sighs> back to Casino Meister. I've been asked some questions by our membership uh, concerning me um, and or Casino Meister in general. And each podcast, I'll entertain some of these, right? And this is from Tracy Wild 12, uh, a newbie member who has been around for only a few months. And she asks, what was the reason for creating Casino Meister? And was there a lot of interest when you created this site? Well, a number of you may know the humble roots of Casino Meister. And if so, well, that's good. And uh, for you who would like to know, well, this is the reason for Casino Meister. You know, back in 1997, I was a production manager at an, uh, an online translation firm in San Diego. And we were translating websites and software packages into uh, the more popular, uh, popular European languages, you know, French, German, uh, Italian, Spanish, and, you know, whatever. Uh, and 
several of the Asian languages, of course, too, you know, Chinese, Japanese. Um, and I was a webmaster at the time, building websites as a hobby, uh, writing screenplays, <laughs> and teaching English and creative writing at the local junior colleges and university, you know, uh, there in San Diego. Uh, so, in the beginning of 1998, we translated some online casinos. <clears throat> and I remember seeing these websites and thinking, oh, what a joke. You know, these guys are in the Caribbean and you're going to give them your credit card info and play for real cash? <laughs> I seriously thought it was so damn stupid. It was nuts and prone to all sorts of possible mayhem. So, I, I wrote it off. And one company, World Casino or World Gaming or something, I, I can't remember. They, they ripped us off and didn't pay for us for their translations. It was like five grand or something. Uh, remember, this was back in the old days where you'd use actual live persons to translate these websites. You know, translations you know, could be expensive. So a few months went by. I forgot all about this. And lo and behold... We had a meeting set up with some of the uh, representatives from one of the land-based casinos in San Diego County. There's, there's a lot of them. And uh, we had this meeting. And the owners were there, and they had some, uh, a lot of questions, and they were opening some cryptologic casinos. And they wanted to have these sites translated into a few of the European languages, but they were balking at the price. And they were saying, you know, translations are expensive, and how can they... You know, how, how can the, the cost be justified when no one knows that they are the good guys compared to casinos that are run by ruffians in the Caribbean, like those crooks who, you know, world gaming or whatever it was, that owed us a good chunk of cash. And that's when it hit me. Uh, that's when I thought, you know what? I could create a website, uh, a list of good casinos like these guys you know, who were legit and list casinos who were ripping people off. And that was my pitch to them. And, uh, yeah, I was already actually planning to, to, to go back to Germany that year to, to help out with the translation company's European office. They were planning to open a European office here in Germany. So I figured to have, you know, the site half German and half English. It helped me out with my language skills. Woo-woo. <laughs> And I could give it a cool name that makes sense to both English speakers and, and Germans. Thus, Casino Meister was born. And uh, this was June of 1998. Uh, and when it was launched, there were, there were no search engines, really. There were directories like AltaVista, DMOZ, uh, user groups. And, you know, launching it was, was magical. I, I still remember uploading the pages hoping for people to find this website. I would get maybe 10 or maybe 20 visitors a day at the very beginning, and that was so cool, you know? And then, you know, within a few weeks, it was like maybe 30 or maybe, you know, 40 visitors a day, and it was so exciting. You know, I had other websites for, like, screenwriting, or I had one on uh, Frankenstein's Castle in Darmstadt. Uh, they weren't getting this kind of traffic, and the traffic was coming from everywhere. And um, yeah, don't forget, these were the early days of webmastering, and to have traffic come in from places like Hong Kong or you know Australia, it was, it was just amazing. You know, it was awesome connecting to a worldwide audience via the World Wide Web. You know, 
This is so, it was just a, a different era, you know, something that you really, you know, could, hard, it was hard to wrap your head around. So this went around, this, this went on for about a year. And I had a, I had a forum from the, the very beginning using H, <laughs> HTML, uh, but the forum was becoming, you know, quite popular even then with about, you know, 20, maybe 30 people signing in daily and maybe, you know, 50 visitors, you know, <laughs> woo-woo. <laughs> and you can find these old posts in our archives in the forum if you feel up to strolling down uh, memory lane. And um, that year I moved to Germany. Uh, the translation company went bust and I was unemployed. So, uh, yeah, necessity is the mother of invention, of course, and I turned my hobby site into a livelihood. Mainly, just I just focused on it 100% to make it work since I had mouths to feed. And uh, anyway, so that's how you know, Casino Mice got to start. And it was not because I was into gambling or really into casinos or casino games, slot machines or anything like that. Um, it was more or less just a hobby site and a site that was something for me to try to make it, you know, make it known uh, on the uh, on the internets. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the 1990s, you know, the, it was these, this was an entrepreneur's dream. You know, you could come up with an idea, build a website, and try to see how, how to get traffic, you know. Uh, and building websites, you know, this was easy back then. You know, I just had, you know, a, a, a how to build a website book <laughs> and then just taught myself, you know, and, you know, and I, and I knew back in 1998, websites were about people and needed some form of engagement from others. So I created, you know, that forum asking visitors to post their experiences, you know, tips and tricks, since I had not a clue about online gambling and that actually worked. We'd get a couple of posts a week and, you know, and more sometimes, you know, people coming in and then a person posted a complaint about a casino. <clears throat> I should try to dig this up to see what the first complaint was. <laughs> and um, it was a no-brainer, right? Since I didn't have any answers for anybody because I didn't know what the hell was going on with them, you know, I'll just make an attempt to contact the casino support and let them know that someone had posted a complaint there. And that's where I started making my first contacts in the casino industry. And, uh, you know, many times at the customer support, you know, you, you're actually contacting the owner. So, yeah, this is the old days. So when I went to my first conference in, the, in January 2001 in London, you know, most everybody, you know, they knew who I was. And I didn't know any of them, but they knew me. And uh, quite a few were subscribing to my newsletter back then and were visiting the site on a regular basis to see what folks were saying. So, yeah, you know, it's the days, uh, days of yore. You can't do that now, really, at least not in this industry. Uh, Google calls the shots now, and uh, what Google says, it's what you have to do. You know, you're obligated to use other people's websites now, like Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, and all social media bullshit in order to get ranked anywhere in the search engines. You know, <clears throat> even though you may have your own social media platform like a forum, 
that can really do anything that Facebook can do, if not better, uh, your hand is forced into submission. Yeah, you know, this is the cranky old man telling you that the pioneer landscape of the internet has gone to shit. Yeah, so answering the question, yep, that's how the site started. And yes, there was interest in the site when it was beginning to grow. Yeah, you know, with, with each podcast that I cast out there as a pod, <laughs> I try to add something that will blow your mind. Some true fact, a science fact, a historical fact, a literary fact, or perhaps a mind experiment. Hmm. Uh, this time, I'm just going to briefly discuss the immensity of outer space and some true facts about our celestial neighborhood. Uh, to begin with, uh, let's consider the planet Saturn. And you have probably seen it lately in the night sky if it's not cloudy. Uh, especially um, this past fall and winter with the uh, attention it was getting uh, with its uh, alignment with Jupiter. I don't know if you remember this. This was um, in December. Uh, it's unmistakable when you see it with the naked eye. And, of course, viewing it with a telescope, big or small, is mesmerizing. But you, do you really realize how far away this is, or it is? Now, I could say it's umpteen million miles away, and you say, ooh, that's far. But you probably don't build a picture in your mind's eye on the distance. You know, and one way to do this is think about it in light minutes you know, or light years. You know, this, this was what makes more sense. When you look at Saturn or anything else in the heavens, you are looking back in time. Even with the sun. You, know, you can look at the sun, uh, not directly, of course, <laughs> and you're seeing it where it was eight minutes ago. That is how long the light takes to get to us from the sun. The light is eight minutes old. Thus, that was where the sun was eight minutes ago. How about the moon? Well, the moon is relatively close, being 1.3 light seconds away. So it's, it's pretty much just right there, right? That's where it was 1.3 light seconds away. Well, how about Saturn? Yeah, um, I chose Saturn since it's the furthest planet from us that you can see with the naked eye. I mean, you can't see uh, Uranus or, or, or Neptune or any of them. I mean, but Saturn's the furthest one you can see with your naked eye. And when you observe <clears throat> Saturn, you're seeing where it was 90 minutes ago. That's how far away it is. The light from Saturn takes an hour and a half give or take a few minutes, depending on where we are positioned. Um, it takes 90 minutes to hit your eyeballs. 90 minutes. Now that's, that's mind-blowing. And here's something else that will blow your mind. You may have read or seen how our galaxy is on a collision course with the Andromeda galaxy. And I remember seeing this on CNN a few months ago or a couple years ago, last year sometime or whatever. Uh, they must have the most dumbed-down science department, I tell you. Um, they made it all sensational, of course. Uh, it was an article that described how our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, is on a collision course with the Andromeda galaxy. You know, it's going to collide with us, a cataclysmic uh, collision, they said. But the Andromeda galaxy is actually going to merge with their Milky Way galaxy five billion years from now. 
and you know, uh, you, you can actually see this galaxy. I mean, with the naked eye, it looks like a smudge when you're out there in a really you know dark skies. You can you can see it during the summer uh, the the summer night sky, um, and it's it's pretty cool. You know, with binoculars, it looks pretty awesome too. But it's like a smudge. Um, you can't really 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 see it unless you you know you know photographing it with uh, uh, either uh, uh, you know through a telescope or whatever. Anyway. Um, the sizes and distances probably don't mean much to you, but to put this into perspective, the uh, Andromeda galaxy is about 200 million light years across. So if the Andromeda galaxy was sized down to the size of like a six foot tall individual, that individual would be standing about 72 feet away from you, or about 22 meters away for you metric people. <laughs> And he is heading your way, and he's going to merge with you in about 5 billion years. So how fast is that? Well, in 2.5 million years, he's moved about half an inch towards you. You know, that's like a centimeter. So 2.5 million years ago was the Paleolithic period when Homo habilis was using rocks to chop things up, you know. In that time, this person has moved a centimeter. Yeah, so, so much for a cataclysmic collision. <laughs> so, anyway, there you go. Something to think about. Something to dwell on. You know, and if you have any questions for me, or about Casino Meister, or anything else you'd like to hear me discuss, just drop me a line in the forum, and I just might get back to you. And you can find me at CasinoMeister.com. And until next time, adios and be cool.